Welcome to God's Eternal Purpose Radio Broadcast, brought to you by the Church in Accra as one of the local churches in Ghana. We bring you a life-changing fellowship every Saturday at 8 o'clock to 8.30 a.m. on Sweet Melodies 94.3 FM. And now, today's message. Welcome to today's radio broadcast. Today, we would like to cover a new series under the theme, Life, God's Way of Carrying Out His Purpose Through Man. God's Way of Carrying Out His Purpose Through Man. The title of today's broadcast is Life Being the Central Focus of the divine revelation in the scriptures. Life being the central focus of the divine revelation in the scriptures. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We can spend this time in your presence again. We pray for the shining upon your word and we pray for the opening of our heart to receive your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We have seen from previous broadcasts that man was created a vessel, vessel of mercy. We are vessels of glory. Man being a vessel also means he must have a content. The content is the divine life of God. As a believer, you must not miss this point, that man is a vessel and that this content is God himself. You can tell the appropriate content of a container by looking just at the container. Container says a lot about the content. Some even have labels to tell us more about the content. The hand glove is a container which tells you that the right content is a human hand. In the same way, man is a vessel, a container, formed and shaped to point to its content, man was created in the image and likeness of God. There is no need for a label for this container. The form, the shape, the design say a lot about its content. According to the scriptures, man was created in the image of God to contain God. Let us read from Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to 27. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the bears of the heaven and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. How much of the life of God do you contain? The Lord Jesus in the scriptures told a story about a man whose farm yielded so much crops. This man said to himself, My soul, you have many goods laid out for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and make merry. This is a seeming harmless statement. But see what God had to say about it. 
Luke 12, 21. But God said to him, Foolish one, this night they are requiring your soul from you, and the things which you have prepared, whose will it be? So is he who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. This is a classical case of a complete imbalance in the structure and the focus of one's life. This can bring very disastrous consequences. This means that this man was so poor, all he had was earthly riches. This man was so poor, all he had is a few cars. All he had was few houses. All he had was some bank account. And he was very happy about his achievement. Yet he was poor. But there's a problem. He was not rich towards God. Man's true riches are not outward. But they are the inner riches of the divine life of God within him. So what is to be rich towards God? It is the feeling of God's life into mankind so that this life working from within man and changing him to conform him to the image of God's Son. I'd like to read another scripture from Psalm 39 in from verses 4 to 7. It reads, Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an hundred, and my age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Surely, every man walketh in a vain show. Surely, they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Sammy says, what do I wait for? My hope is in thee. He says, Lord, make me to know my end. Do you know your end? Do you know the measure of your days? Do you know that you are frail? Do you know that your days are like a handbread? And your age is as nothing before the Lord. It says, every man at his best state. What is your best state? Maybe for a student, a class prefect. Maybe for some of us, we became the president of the United States. For some of us, it must have been our wedding day. But the scripture says that every man at his best state is altogether vanity. They walk in a vain show. They are worried in vain. And they heap up riches, and we do not know who shall gather them. In such a state, you might just say, Lord, I do not wait for anything. My hope is in you. You need to come to the Lord. You need to receive God's life into you so that he will be your hope. Now, Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that he came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. This abundant life will make you rich towards God. Not the so-called material blessings and riches, nor earthly fame 
but the riches of the divine life with his attributes in man. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, it reads, He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. What you have now is a human life, which is only a figure. What you need as man's content is a divine life. Don't live a lifeless life. What you need is abundant life. Rather, we have been chasing and running after earthly riches. We see also that man was created differently from the other creatures. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, man was created after God's image. The rest of the creatures were all created after their own kind. This is very meaningful. Now let's read a few verses. Genesis 1, 11 to 12. And God said, Let the earth sprout grass, herbs yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit according to their kind, with their seed in them upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, herbs yielding seed, according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with their seed in them also, according to their kind. And God saw that it was good. Now, chapter 1, verse 21 of Genesis. And God created the great sea creatures and every living animal that moves, with which the waters swam, according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So we see that mankind is after God's kind and not after its own kind. So my brother and my sister and my friend, you cannot just do what, just what you like. If you do, there are consequences. Man is special. Man tops up God's creation. Man is at the top of the pile, sharing God's likeness. Among all of God's creation, man is unique. Look at the wonders of the created universe. The sun, the moon, the solar system, the galaxies, the huge and famous animals in the sea and on the land. Not one item comes close to man. No item is a match for mankind. Man is in the image of God. Mankind was created as a vessel to contain God in his spirit. Now let us look at another verse, Zechariah chapter 12 in verse 1. It says, The bearing of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Thus declares Jehovah, who stretched forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. See where man's spirit is ranked. Man's spirit is a great item in the scheme of things in all of God's creation. This is because man as a container, a vessel, must contain God or God's divine life in his spirit. This is of great significance in the universe and very important to God. Some of us may be very busy climbing up social ladders to great heights of riches and fame, success and relevance. My brother and my sister, before you do that, please ensure that you are rich towards God. In fact, life isn't worth the living if you haven't got this life. 
Now, after each day's work of God's creation, God, God concluded with a night and a day. Then he says, it is good. After the creation of man on the sixth day, the scripture says that God looked at everything he had created and saw that it was very good. He now added the adjective very. It was indeed very good. I mean, it was very good because man has now come on the scene. It was after the creation of man that God rested on the seventh day. It wasn't just because it was the seventh day. It was because of man. He had obtained man. He had obtained his masterpiece, the best of his handiwork. So he rested. Let's read Ephesians 2, 11. It says, For we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand in order that we would walk in them. Man is God's masterpiece. Man is God's best. Now, I would like, I'd like us to turn to Genesis 2, 2, which says that, And on the seventh day, God finished his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he has done. So God rested because he obtained man. But when you come to the New Testament, in John 5, in verse 17, it's, it reads, But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I also am working. Now, when did God start working again? That was when man fell in Genesis 3. Why did he have to work again? Because he lost man whom he had created to the devil. He even sent Jesus to come and help with the work of recovering man from his fall. At the end of this age, God will enjoy another rest. It is called the Sabbath rest after he has fully regained man. Now, we are God's masterpiece. Not just his workmanship, but his best. This is the best God could come out with in all of his creation. The top piece. If you put God into a contest to come out with his best, he will produce man. Man is the best piece of work God had done. Man is the best. Man is the highest. If God were to write a poem, the best poem would be about man. If it was a musical piece, his best musical piece will be about man. And if it was the best artwork, it will be a description of man. Why? Because man was created after God's kind to contain the divine life, God himself, and to show forth his attributes. What others think about you does not matter. The fact is still the fact. What you even think about yourself doesn't change this fact. You are a vessel created in God's image to contain God. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Brothers and sisters and friends, your earthen vessel must contain a treasure. This treasure is God himself. Man was created as a vessel to contain God. These earthen vessels 
contain this treasure and whose excellent power is of God. This creature points in many ways that man's content is God as his treasure. Brothers and sisters and fellow believers, the Christian community owes the world community an expression of the vessels of glory containing and exhibiting the life and power of God and not the flaunting of earthly riches or material possession and fame, which sometimes we call them blessings from God. We were made not just to contain knowledge in our head, nor were we made just to contain food in our stomach. Man was made to contain God in his spirit to express him. Only the divine life in us can produce this expression of God in us. This is a spontaneous living that issues from the divine life within us. By this, we exhibit the divine attributes of God habitually and unintentionally as a common daily living. Our label must come from within, not a badge that we wear on the outside, nor a particular garment that we put on, but the growth of life from within us. Don't pass your lifetime on earth pursuing the wrong things. That will be a disaster. If you miss this, you miss a marvelous experience you so very much need. You miss something that answers to the very craving of your innermost being. You might have heard this before, or maybe you've never heard it. Or perhaps you are even a believer, but wondering what this wonderful experience is all about. In this series, by the mercy of the Lord, we will endeavor to bring to you light from God's word to point to you for your appreciation and for your enjoyment this marvelous experience of God living in you and being expressed. A few more interesting things in the book of Genesis. God placed man in a garden which, uh, uh, in a garden which he planted eastward in Eden. In this garden were many trees pleasant to the sight and good for food. Two trees were mentioned. The tree of life, which was in the middle of the garden, and the, also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man was created as an empty vessel to take in the life of God, to receive God's life as the right content, thereby expressing God, to multiply this life and image and to fill the earth and to subdue it. But man fell. There was disobedience. Romans 5, 19 says, just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were constituted sinners. So also the obedience of the one many will be constituted righteous. As a result of man's disobedience, he partook of the wrong tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Therefore, sin entered the world by one man's offense. God was not pleased with this happening. So he drove man out of the garden and put cherubims and flaming sword to guard the way of the, of the tree of life. We read Genesis chapter 3 verse 23. It says, Then Jehovah God sent him forth from the, gar from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. 
So he drove the man out, and at the east of the garden of Eden, he planted the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned in every direction to guard the way of the tree of life. Now man had taken of the wrong tree, he was prevented from going on to now take the tree of life in addition. Man needed to be worked upon, man needed to be redeemed before he could gain access back to the tree of life. After man took of the wrong tree, among all the trees in the garden, it was only the tree of life that God protected. Why? This is very significant. It is interesting also to note that the tree of life appears at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 2 and also at the end of the Bible in Revelation 22. The Holy Scriptures begin with the tree of life and ends with the tree of life. In between, we see God working out the willingness and the doing of his good pleasure and to gain fallen man, who is also a vessel of glory, to receive his life, to become God's habitation in glory at the end. The tree of life is God himself as man's food and man's supply for his eternity. It is also very striking to note that the first two chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1, chapters 1 and 2, and the last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21 and chapter 22, constitute chapters in a Bible that do not have activities of, the, of Satan at all. The, and the devil entered in Genesis chapter 3 through the serpent deceiving Eve. Then by Revelation 20, he has been cast into the lake of fire. This means that what God intended in the first chapters of the Bible were all restored and accomplished by the end of the Bible. Man as a vessel and God's masterpiece got filled with the life of God through the partaking of the divine life to become God's expression for eternity. So, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, it reads, And I heard a loud voice out of the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will tabernacle with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God's residence is now with man. Only the divine life can transform man into a dwelling place of God. The divine life is the means and the power to carry out God's purpose on earth to full completion. Today among Christians, the expression of God is very weak. It is difficult to testify that this divine life of God is in us and it's in us in an abundant way. Today, what people may call the church of God cannot say that silver and gold have I not. And neither can they say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the last three decades of church history, we've seen Christian leaders pursuing and scrambling for material riches, fame, and prosperity, and pro promoting same more than has ever happened in church history to the neglect of the essential and necessary matters of life, essence, and power to carry out the realities of the faith. I would like to invite you to enjoy this living God with us 
to open yourself to lay hold on eternal life and to lay hold on life that is really life. It is only life in you that can change a man, change you into the dwelling place of God, into God's expression. Thank you very much for your attention. I would like to end this session with a prayer. And next week, God willing, we will continue with this series to show you how we can receive this life and how we can live by it. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for pointing out to us in, a, in your word that man is a vessel and man must contain you. We do open and I pray for all my listeners that they will come to receive and experience this life of God that is dwelling in us. Thank you and we bless you for giving us this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for your attention. Please call me Brother Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to God's Eternal Purpose Radio Broadcast brought to you by the church in Accra as one of the local churches in Ghana. Fellowship with the church in Accra by joining our virtual Bible study meeting links and fellowships on Sundays, 9.30 to 12 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays at 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. and Fridays 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. You may contact us for further fellowship and joining links by calling us on 0200-117-222 or 0274-433-100 or 0246-9626. Zero seven. The numbers again are zero two zero zero one one seven two 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 or zero two seven four four three three one zero zero or zero two four six nine six two six zero seven. You can send any questions by WhatsApping us on the same numbers. Check us up on the various social media platforms, including podcasts, by searching God's Eternal Purpose Broadcast. The local churches, living for Christ and the church till his kingdom come. Oh,